And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me on the phone line today is the Reverend Jonathan Shishko. Jonathan, it's great to have you here. Thanks, Dan. I'm glad to be back. Yeah, it was a little while ago we had you, and uh, now once again, and significantly, this is the, the last Plain Answer broadcast for 2013, and uh, that kind of segues naturally into our subject today, and that is a Christian approach to the new year. And it's not that we have all the answers, but um, you had suggested it. I love the idea. You know, as we, we come into uh, the year 2014, maybe some guidelines and some encouragement for God's people um, coming into this brand new year. Uh, it can be almost scary at times, considering uh, possibly people have health concerns, financial concerns, uh, any number of um, worries. Um, maybe you can guide us a little bit as we consider the year ahead. Yeah, I'd love to. I, I think um, we use theological terms a lot. One of them that we use is the sufficiency of Scripture, and, and that gets to what you said. We don't have all the answers, but we have sufficient answers. We have good answers. And uh, what I like to point out is that because the Scripture is sufficient, it is actually not just relevant, but radically relevant to um, not just Sundays, but really every day, every hour of our lives. So I, I don't think there's any better place to turn as we come to the new year than to the Scriptures itself. Yes, uh, indeed. And we are believers, and one of the things that we think about is that God has made us in His image. And so there is a special relationship that the human being can have with God that the animals don't. The animal kingdom cannot possibly have this relationship because, well, we're made in His image. And... um, We know this Redeemer God through His Son, Jesus Christ, by His Holy Spirit. And so, um, suppose a listener today is maybe a little worried about the New Year coming, um, see a lot of potential unrest, Uh, government seems out of control financially, things are kind of a a mess. Um, Where do you start? How do you kind of get your arms around this in a way and and really trust the Lord for what lies ahead. Yeah, I, I think, um, again, it's one of the things that's just tremendous about Scripture. Is I heard a pastor say this. He says, it's not so much that I know the Bible, it's that the Bible knows me. And, <laughs> uh, you know, that's a, a great way to think about things. It's a, it's a book that's written at every point with us as made in God's image in mind. It addresses the issues that we deal with on a daily basis, and... You know, worry and anxiety and fear and uh, thinking about the future, those are all extraordinarily human things. And, uh, you know, I, I think, like you said, it's very different from the animal kingdom. You know, animals aren't lining up for their year-end review. They're not lining up to learn what their Christmas bonus is. They're not uh, hearing that they're going to be let go. They're not looking at the, uh, you know, CNN to see what's on the news. They're very existential in that sense, but to be a human is to plan and to think uh, about the future and to consider all of these things, and to be a Christian is to do that with um, with the lens of Scripture, with the, with the help that's provided to us through God's Word and His promises. Mm. And um, I, I think that what's on my mind right, on, right now, which I, I really rejoice and delight to think about, is 
um, the reality that we say God is sovereign, he's in control, he's also our loving father, and he is, you know, I love the Apostles' Creed, God the Father, Almighty. Um, he's our loving father who's in control of everything, he's almighty, and everything is being orchestrated to um, the best possible ends, not only for his glory, but for each of us individually, and that's, you know, above and beyond anything we can really understand, but we can rejoice in it. And I think, practically speaking, it comes down to, um, you know, saying with Jesus Christ, you know, sufficient unto the day is the trouble thereof. So, you know, don't be anxious about tomorrow, because that's going to bring its own trouble. And at the same time, you need to be uh, a responsible human being, whether you're you're single or whether you're a parent or um, even a grandfather or grandmother, you know, what does it look like to, to think forward? What does it look like to plan out the new year, to plan out even the next five years? Um, you know, there, it seems like there's a tension, maybe even a contradiction between those thought processes, but, you know, with a, with a loving father over all of those things who's sovereign, there's really no tension at all. It's actually becomes uh, quite a liberating process to plan and to, you know, think through what those plans look like under the sovereignty of God. You're not, you're not being dismissive. You're not even um, being passive. You're actually being active, but at every point you're realizing that uh, God is in control. So I, I find it fascinating that the same Jesus who in Matthew 6 tells us to, you know, not to be anxious about anything because um, tomorrow will bring its own trouble, tells us in John 14, 15, and 16 that, you know, whatever you ask in my name, I'll grant to you. So uh, there is that passive resting in a sovereign father that doesn't, believe it or not, come to uh, the exclusion of being active and thinking through things and planning out our ways. And, and I think, you know, coming back to your point, I think we do uh, reflect our, our God when we do that, that we are made in his image. I mean, if you think about scripture and the enterprise of uh, prophecy, not to mention all of the pictures that he gives us in the Old Testament that point forward to Jesus Christ. There is a God who has planned out everything. I mean, that's the only reason why um, those pictures and those prophecies work and are fulfilled in Jesus, because God had planned it all out. Um, so I, I think that in a humanly way, in a creaturely way, we uh, reflect our God and rejoice in being made in his image by planning our ways. And yet, it becomes, you know, worship by, at every point, submitting to um, the overarching plans of a loving Father. Mm. I like that a lot, the fact that we have a loving Father, and at the same time, He's a Father who is in control. What comfort that brings us. And we'll take a short break at this point. Today on the phone line with me is the Reverend Jonathan Shishko, He's a pastor, and uh, we'll talk more about your work in the future on the other side of the break, Jonathan. But uh, for our listeners, stay with us. We'll be right back. When you lead me to the valley of vision, I can see you in the heights. And though my humbling wouldn't be my decision, Let me learn that the cross prevails. 
We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. So let me learn that my losses are my gain. To be broken is to heal. That the valley's where your power is revealed. Let me find your And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf. On the phone line with me today is Pastor Jonathan Shishko. And uh, for those of you who have not heard of Jonathan before, um, he was a guest on a previous Plain Answer, but uh, his dad is also a close friend of ours, uh, Bill Shishko. And so we're doubly blessed to have uh, the Shishkos (laughs) as part of the broadcast ministry here. Um, Jonathan, you're a young pastor, and uh, you're working very hard. I wanted to cover really quick uh, your church. Uh, it's a it's a church plant. I believe you're meeting in Queens, New York. Can you tell us just a little bit about your church that you're pastoring, and then we'll continue with our discussion. Yeah, um, I labor in Queens, one of the five boroughs of New York City, and uh, in an area called Fresh Meadows, Queens, and we we meet in a public school, public school 173, which we rent for Sunday mornings. We're a congregation of about 70 um, on any given Sunday. And uh, the Lord has really blessed us. We've been um, operating for uh, over four years now, and, and the Lord has brought growth, and, and uh, the congregation and is just tremendous. It's fun being a part of a church plant because anybody who wants to uh, volunteer and and work and be a part of things and take ownership. There's <laughs> just plenty of place for everybody, and um, that's really we regularly come to the blessing and the reality of the fact that we are brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ. He's our loving Father. We're the household of God, and we we use that imagery um, regularly to remind ourselves that we are, you know, by God's grace, not a dysfunctional family, but a functional family. 
and we work through things like any family does, and um, we work together like any family does, and we celebrate together like all good families do, and um, it's just been a tremendous joy, and I guess for me, uh, maybe what's the most joyful about it is just that the, the church doesn't only uh, have that dynamic by God's grace, but it also mirrors the diversity of New York City, and especially Queens. And uh, I love to remind the congregation, you know, in, in Revelation it talks about every tongue and tribe uh, worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, you know, you think about having to go to so many nations to see that. Well, at Reformation, we see that every Sunday. We see um, representatives of every tongue and tribe just about coming together and worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ as, as the family that he's created by his grace. So, mm. very exciting, and we're very thankful and excited about the new year. That's a tremendous blessing as we see people from all all walks of life, all racial backgrounds come together with a common purpose of uh, glorifying and praising God and worshiping Him. And today we're talking about the new year that's approaching. This is the last Plain Answer broadcast of 2013, and we're looking forward to the new year. But sometimes it can be scary um, sometimes there's health problems, possibly um, as a listener you've lost a loved one, possibly a dad, a mom, or even a spouse, or perhaps a child. And these things are real, and um, we don't water them down. Uh, the, the loss uh, in this human life is great, and it's a tremendous load. And so as we go forward into the new year, uh, we want to trust our our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jonathan, you made reference to the fact that we serve a God who who really is in control. And uh, can you talk a little bit more about that? And why would that bring us such great comfort? Sure. Um, right. Uh, you know, I think the nature of the church to be of the household of God um you know, if you think about it, there's really no loss like the loss of a family member. You can grieve the loss of someone famous or uh, grieve the loss of someone who who died in a terrible tragedy, but there is no loss like the loss of a son or a daughter or mm-hmm. a husband or a wife. And um, it's fascinating that while we have probably, while we do have the greatest comfort in the Christian faith of, a, of an afterlife, and in so many ways we live for the afterlife, there's also, um, I would say, a heightened grief factor in that you're you're always working to develop relationships as family in Jesus Christ, as brothers and sisters, and, you know, when there's a funeral, it's tragic. You're losing a loved one. You're, you're losing a family member. Mm. And yet, what, you know, you always, in the Christian faith, you always work to um, see this as part of God's plan as it is, and to realize that, you know, Jesus Christ conquered death, and in so many ways, you know, the Lord takes home His people, or even allows them to go through suffering, so that they will be more like Him, and more immediately in His presence. So, you you know, in many ways, you stop seeing, you, you always see death as the enemy that Scripture says that it is, and it is. But you also begin to think of life uh, not in terms of the few years that we get to live um, before we pass away, but instead in, in light of eternity. And you see, you know, death and even all of its horror, sickness, uh, as um, things that the loving Father has in store for you to train you up in holiness and to eventually bring you into the kingdom of, 
of heaven and to translate you into his immediate presence. And, and it becomes just a, a really wonderful thing to think like that because in so many ways your, your death date becomes something of a birth date for the Christian. You are uh, delivered out of uh, life under the curse, under the fall, life under the sun, as the author of Ecclesiastes puts it, and you're delivered from that um, into the immediate presence of Jesus. You're not struggling with sin anymore. You're not struggling with disease anymore. And um, it's hard to think like that. Uh, you can only see it through the eyes of faith. But that's certainly what the Scripture teaches. Mm. Talking about uh, losing a loved one reminded me of the wisdom literature in the Scriptures, where it, it talks about how that it is good to go to the house of mourning, for there the living will apply it to their heart. Um, there's a certain um, reality uh, that sets in of our own finite lifespan and the fact that we have an appointment, <laughs> yeah. one, one that we'll never be late for. <laughs> That's right. it, it's an appointment with, with God. Um, there is a judgment day. And um, we're talking about our loving Heavenly Father and the way he loves us is that through Jesus Christ, his righteousness of Christ, if we're a child of God, is, is placed to our account. And so God sees us with his loving eyes through his Son, and he looks at us through the Son of, of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a, that's a wonderful relationship to have. It is. It's glorious. And uh, I, again, I... Remind my congregation, you know, what that means is that in the gospel, when we read that God says to Jesus, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, you know, he pronounces that over those who trust in Jesus and mm-hmm. says, you know, you're my beloved son, you're my beloved daughter uh, in whom I am well pleased. Mm-hmm. And that's not because you've led a good life. You know, you haven't. It's because yes. Jesus loves you and you trust in him and he's worked that faith in you. And now you have that confidence of um, an almighty God who is a loving Father. Mm. And I think, I think it all is summarized beautifully um, in Proverbs 16.9. It's a verse I've gone to many times in my own life, and I, I hope to preach on it this Sunday at Reformation, because I think it's the perfect message for the new year. But um, it, it reads, The heart of man plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. And, uh, you know, the Lord there is Yahweh, the covenant God um, in Scripture that is fulfilled in Jesus, who is called the Lord over and over in the New Testament. And um, I think what's fascinating is I look at the original, and uh, the word that's translated, but, you know, the Lord plans his ways, but the Lord establishes his steps. That's that's in most English translations, but I think uh, it would be a little bit more well, let's just say it like this. It certainly could be translated, the heart of a man plans his ways, and Jehovah, or Yahweh, or the Lord, establishes his steps. The heart of a man plans his ways, and Jehovah establishes his steps. I think that's, you know, a little bit more close to um, the idea of a Heavenly Father. Is He's the leader. He's uh, the leading dance partner, if you will, um, He's not a tyrannical boss. The idea isn't that he's overriding your plans, but he does certainly direct your steps. And uh, I think there you have something of the, the beautiful truth that man is responsible. Man plans his ways. We reflect God by planning our ways. 
and at the same time, it's Jehovah who is going to establish our steps. And mm. that's tremendous comfort because um, you have the God of all the universe, the God of all creation everywhere, um, taking a personal interest in the lives of his own people, who he rejoices to call sons and daughters through Jesus Christ and delight in actually directing our steps. And mm. I think anybody who's honest with themselves will say, praise God, he directs my steps. Because <laughs> I've made a mess of planning my ways at various points. Yeah, so. yeah, and um, it is a it is a blessing to know that as we work hard, focusing on Christ, that we are like the proximate means that that God is using to bring about His His ordered will, and so our our hard work is not in vain, but but that God blesses it and He uses it. And there are a lot of surprises along the way. Uh, a certain door of opportunity will open up. We could have never seen that. And looking back, we say, wow, that was the Lord. He did that. <laughs> um, right. So, yes. So that verse that you quoted, what is it again? Proverbs 16.9? Proverbs 16.9, and the, it reads in the English Standard Version, the heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. And um, just looking at the, the Hebrew, I realized that it certainly could be translated, the heart of a man plans his way and the Lord establishes his steps, mm-hmm. um, showing that, you know, the, the child of, of God through Jesus Christ, you're not, you're praying regularly, you know, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And in Jesus' words, you're you're asking that things would be done in the name of the Lord. So you're not... You're not in need of God the Father overriding your plans. You are certainly in the need of a loving, all-knowing Father uh, establishing your steps so that you don't make a misstep and you have the promise of God. You know, mm. despite but despite what sins you commit, what, despite what errors you make, despite what circumstances you get in, you have um, a Father who is working all things together for good. And that is a reality for everybody who is looking to Jesus Christ in faith. Mm, yes. And as you were speaking, I was thinking about this loving Heavenly Father and the fact that um, at one point uh, in my life and everybody's life, the Scriptures tell us that we were dead in our trespasses and sins and that we didn't even seek after God. And yet, by His grace and mercy, He opened our eyes. He put us into circumstances to hear the gospel, and we had the gospel preached to us. And so um, God granted us faith to believe that gospel. What a what a loving Heavenly Father we have. It's glorious, and uh, I guess this season I was just really struck with it. You know, I always said it talks in terms of a, a heart made of flesh instead of of stone, you know, living instead of being dead. It talks about him opening our eyes, him opening our ears, and the reality is that, you know, we're beings made in God's image, and he has taken us and saved us from, you know, wasting existence, sort of um, not even enjoying the, the wonderful things he's made, at least not the way they meant, they're meant to be enjoyed. And uh, I'm just so thankful, you know, he takes people, and he opens their entire being, I think is the idea, to a life um, under salvation and under the lordship of Jesus, mm. and it's a delightful and wonderful life in which you know why you're here. You have uh, the word of God to live by. You have the history of God to 
realize that that's your history. You have the grace of God for forgiveness. You have all that you need. And, and you know, in a wonderful way, that circles back to how we started. We don't have all the answers. We don't need all the answers right now. <laughs> we have uh, sufficient answers, or as I like to say, you know, we have all of the answers that are relevant to our, our current circumstances, our current situation. We have the radically relevant Word of God. And uh, it's just a joy to be able to see through eyes of faith the, the truth of it and to apply it to uh, wherever we might be, knowing that we're all different, but that we're all made in the image of God. Mm. Well, Jonathan, uh, I'm looking at the clock, and I realize our, our time together has come to an end. Thank you so much for joining us today. We've been talking with Jonathan Shishko, a pastor who has a church plant in Queens, New York, and uh, it's called the Reformation Presbyterian Church. And strangely enough, I guess it's not so strange in New York City because um, you meet at a public school, and it's Public School 173 in Fresh Meadows. And I, I would imagine if any listeners on the Internet are hearing this program and they'd like to visit you, I imagine you'd uh, welcome them with open arms. We'd love to have them. My email is uh, john, J-O-N, at com R-E-S-P-R-E-S.com, john at com And uh, we're always thankful for whoever wants to come and worship the true and living King. We're delighted to see new faces, and um, it's always a joy and pleasure. So thank you for having me on, and I look forward to being on again, I hope, sometime. Yeah, it's a real pleasure for us. I just want to state that uh, email address again. It's john, J-O-N, at refpres.com. Dot com. That's R-E-F-P-R-E-S dot com. And Jonathan would be glad to uh, uh, strike up a conversation via email and for you to visit their church plant there in Queens, New York. For Redeemer Broadcasting, I'm Dan Elmendorf. A quick reminder that this uh, broadcast is up on our website as a podcast. Check it out. We're found at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. And please join us again next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer. 